Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. So afternoon, um, yes, so today we are on a podcast session and I'm with the wonderful Jake, who you can't see at this moment in time, newest member of the team. Uh, and we're actually going to be talking about um, marketing from the uh, from the perspective of the head of sales, who is me. I'm Jack. I'm the head of sales for Expert Empires and the Elite Closing Academy. Um, so I'm going to give you my perspective from uh, what marketing should be um, from a sales perspective, I suppose. And Jake, who you can't see, he's going to be asking me a couple of questions or a few questions around how to maximize the opportunities from marketing and sales, because even though they are opposites, uh, it is like the moon and the sun. They have to go hand in hand. Yeah, so um, from a sales perspective, when you're making the most out of your existing opportunities that you've got or the opportunities that marketing have created, it's important to use within your language, within your tonality, the words and phrases that have, the marketing have created and used themselves. Best way to describe it is if they have clicked on one of our events, uh, we're doing a, an event called Expert Empires Underground at this moment in time. That's the event that we're launching or, or have launched. It's the event that we're selling tickets to. It would make sense that you are using words that are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, that are connecting with what the message was Okay, so I'll give you an example. To grow and scale your business. That, I'm just using really vanilla terms here, but I'm making it as easy as possible. So if it says expert empires, underground, um, grow and scale your business. As a salesperson, it's important that you need to know what the prospect, the human being on the other end of the computer or the phone, what have they clicked on? What have they seen? Because what you've got to do, you've got to recollect the last thing that this person did or clicked on for them to be like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. Oh, yeah, I know what this is about. That's the kind of tonality you want to hear from the person. So it's important that you, as a salesperson, are clear on what a prospect or person on the end of the, the laptop or the computer or the phone has clicked on and go through that journey, see and feel what they've experienced. And when you use your tonality, when you speak to people, always recollect the words, the phrases, the statements that's on the marketing page that the prospect has clicked on because it just instantly builds rapport as a salesperson. And truth is, people buy from people they know, they like, and they most importantly trust as well. So that's my point of view on that. What's the purpose of a marketing piece? Is there a clear outcome? A marketing piece, well, there's many of them. I think let's put it into hitting the nail on the head. It's the case of a marketing piece is to generate as two things as many online sales as possible if you that's how you run your marketing or generate as many opportunities uh, and leads uh, that this event or whatever you're selling is an absolute perfect fit uh, for the prospect so we want qualified people it's all good and well having loads of numbers loads of leads but if they're not your target audience and they're not the people that are um, perfect for you that you can get massive results for, then it's like pointless really. So uh, the ideal scenario is getting loads of opportunities, loads of leads come in, um, 
that are really, really qualified uh, for a salesperson then to pick up. It's important. Um, now, we know how hard marketing can be. We know that um, from a market perspective, one thing can work the one week and the next week, nothing's changed, nothing's happened, and you just absolutely bomb. I want to say mean bomb, I mean like it just goes to pot, like nothing. So it's important that um, we keep testing and trying different things because there is one market outcome and that is to generate as many opportunities and many online sales as, as possible. Here's the thing when you're a salesperson, you've got to remember this. There are, no matter how many people buy online, no matter how many people have shown interest, there are so many sales in the follow-up. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe. Now, every business is different. Um, but from a sales perspective, I suppose this is what this is. Um, you can't just keep relying on loads of marketing opportunities and um, loads of uh, online sales because that's great for the business. And just to let you know, there's so much more out there. Um, that you can call and you can optimize yourself as a salesperson. But going back to the original point, so the marketing piece is generate as many online sales and many opportunities as possible. Get your messaging right, know who it's for, um, and then launch it. So not many people say this. Disqualification is as important as qualification. Um, I hear so many times that people are just trying to get, I kind of mentioned it in my last piece, people are trying to men um, get as many people as they can in the front end. And that's all good and well. And it might look great for the ego. Um, and it might feel great. How many of them actually turn into paying customers? How many of them actually take the next step of buying your service or your product? Uh, too many times, so many times, people just put the emphasis on numbers, numbers, numbers. Uh, I'll be honest, like I would rather have 10 really, really qualified leads that turn into like seven or eight sales then 100 leads that turn into like two sales. It's not cool. Um, volume isn't always the answer. Volume always in, is, isn't always the answer. Um, it's important to grow the business as long as they're qualified. Now, you as a salesperson, uh, well, let's start with marketing, take a step back. You as a marketer, I've got to decide first and foremost, who is this for and not for? Once you get clear on that, the salesperson is clear on who it is and who it isn't for. So when they get on the phone, they can go yay or nay. Um, but as a marketer, be clear on that. Once you're clear on that, the salesperson is clear on who it is for. Once they're on the phone, uh, qualification is critical. You've got to have some qualification questions. Some people do questionnaires. What we do is we get them on the phone straight away and we qualify them within the first 10, 15 seconds with a couple of questions. Once you've done that, you can move on to the conversation or you can just say, hey, just want to be really, really clear. Going to be really honest. Uh, I feel like we're not going to serve you the best of our ability. So um, I'm so sorry. This event or this service, this product that we've got won't get you the best result or the result that you're looking for. I'm so sorry. However, here's what I can do. This person over here, they're a perfect fit for you. Here's a number. So you will know you've cracked this when you start to say no to people. When you start to say, I'm sorry, this is not the service that you're looking for or want, that's when you know you've cracked it. That is when you know you've cracked it. Whereas most people, they're just trying to get the numbers and try and convince people to do it. When you're trying to convince people to do it and trying to get them over the line, they won't buy. You might get a few, most of them won't buy. And don't even talk to me about the buyer's remorse that people get when they try and manipulate people. Yeah, uh, so why won't Mark to do the whole job for you? Why have you got to pick up the phone? Um, well, 
it's a pandemic really across the globe. Um, marketing is a very important tool, very, very important tool for any business that wants to grow, they want to scale the business. And too much emphasis is put on marketing. I cannot tell you, well, I can tell you actually, um, that in our business, uh, Nick James, um, since implementing a framework from a gentleman called Matt Elwell, who is the uh, joint owner, co-owner of the Elite Closing Academy, many of you listening to this podcast may have heard of Matt, um, has a framework around sales and closing, which is turning existing opportunities and leads that you may not know is there into paying customers. Um, once you understand the framework and a framework that you know how to serve, sell and close properly, um, you'll be amazed at what you can do for your business. When I say amazed, it actually tripled Nick's business. So Nick was, um, I believe, in uh, 2018 to 2019, he was turning over like 800 grand to a million pounds. Um, three years later, after learning the framework and Matt training it to salespeople, we're now um, a four million pound business um, plus. So that's the impact it can have turning your existing opportunities into leads. It's important, as I said, for marketing, most, most of the time, and I'd say like 70 to 80% of our sales uh, that are in this business are all in the follow-up over the phone because marketing's hard. Marketing's hard. It's hard to have uh, a, a consistent marketing message, a consistent marketing funnel that produces time and time and time and time again. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's hard. Um, so having an element of sales conversations, human-to-human -human interaction is where you will pick up majority of your business. Now, if you're doing well already online, fantastic. And the great news is if you don't do any calls or do very little calls, there is so much opportunity there uh, for you. I can't point into numbers because I don't know your business, obviously. Um, but I see it's time and time again with our clients. Time again. And if you're not doing any, any marketing or you're not doing any online sales, um, then the quickest way to make money and the quickest way to serve people um, is to pick up the phone and speak to people that you already know, that have been past customers, that have shown interest, that have clicked on something, that have downloaded something. That is the quickest way you're going to do it. Marketing can do so much and then it's your turn as a salesperson or a business owner to make the, the, the rest up because people want to have a human-to-human -human conversation. People want to buy online as well. But let me tell you, a lot of people, a lot of business, as I said, 70, 80% of our business is done through the phone or Zoom. So, yes. Hey, real quick, I just want to take a minute to tell you about something really exciting we've got coming up here at Expert Empires. When I speak with my clients, with my fellow business owners, entrepreneurs, there are three key areas I'm hearing people want and need helping. The first one is mindset. How do you overcome the blockages, the barriers, the negative thoughts that inevitably come with running a business? The second one is marketing. Like what's working right now when it comes to generating more leads, more opportunities, more inquiries for your business. And then the third one is money. When you build a successful business, what do you do with your money? How do you save on tax? How do you um, invest to build long-term permanent wealth. And I've got a number of different advisors and consultants that I go to for advice in these areas. What I've done is put together a brand new private two-day event where I'm bringing my 
advisors, the consultants, the mentors that I go to, bringing them together to advise you for the first time ever in these three areas. To get all the event details and to find out how you can purchase your ticket at the best possible deal, click the link in the description of this episode. Setting sales targets and working back, yeah. Um, a lot, coming from our background, when I was in 2017, I was at a previous company, I'm not going to mention the company, and a lot of their training, a lot of how they made decisions was based on emotion. And when you base business decisions on emotion, you can tend to slip up. You can tend to let things get through the net. You can tend to make the wrong decision. And with that can lead into bigger and bigger things, um, such as literally wiping out what all the good work you've done over the past month or months or years. And um, what I've learned is even more so is any decision that you make has to be based off data. And as a sales, as head of sales, there's no escape in the numbers. Sales is the easiest thing to do and to track in business, as well as revenue, obviously, that the CEO uh, monitors. Um, you've got to be really clear on what good looks like. You've got to be really clear on what acceptable is and what not acceptable is. You've got to be really clear on what great looks like and what absolutely knocking out the park looks like. You as the head of sales have got to be clear on that. And when people are below par, then what is in, what is in place? Like, how are you going to support this person? How are you going to support this human being? What are you going to do? Um, and you can base all your decisions off data. That's, that's, the, that's the point of it. So in previous job, what it was, was people were failing, like day in, day out, month in, month out, not in targets, but they kept on continuing on because, you know, they can be good. I feel like they're saying the right things. They're doing the right things. That's great, and that can only get you so far. And I'm a firm believer in not having a revolving door uh, policy within sales because people need to be trained. They have to be trained, um, and they also need to want it as well. I think that's with any business, really, uh, any role in the company, but specifically sales because it's an art. Um, so you have to be trained up. But there does come a point where you go, right, is this person going to make it or not? And my, I mean, past job, People kept on failing and it, kept, and it kept on being a failing environment. And when you have a failing environment, it spreads. It spreads because people think it's okay not to do great. People think it's okay not to hit numbers. People think it's okay to do things that they shouldn't be doing and they actually need to be doing in order to be successful across the business. Um, so there does come a point where it's got to be, have a little bit of flexibility around, okay, if someone's just new, they've got to be trained up and how well have you trained them? Like, what have you given them and what resources have you given them? But also there does come a point where you've got to go, right, numbers, where are they? What are they doing? How are you getting on? What's good? Let's have a look at what your numbers are this month. Okay, this is acceptable. It's great. This is what you can do to do even more. What do you think you can do more of? This is unacceptable. What's been the reason? What's happened? What do you need more from me? What can we do? What can we do to support you? Um, so basing everything off data uh, in business is the most important thing. Never, ever, ever, ever make a decision off emotion. Am I saying I've never made a decision off emotion? Of course I have. I'm not going to sit here and go, I've never made a decision off emotion. Um, and when I look back at it, when the motion, when I've taken the emotional decision over a, a, a data uh, decision, data always wins. Always wins.
always wins. So make it as much or make it everything about data driven. Marketing roadblocks. Oh, marketing roadblocks. So, um, bit of a generalization of a question, I'm not gonna lie. A uh, bit vanilla. So marketing roadblocks. So marketing roadblocks are one, not getting the messaging right. Uh, when you're not getting the messaging right, people having a look uh, online, they don't know whether they're coming or going, they don't know whether it's for them. When actual fact, your business, your service, your products at the end of the journey is a result for them. But if you don't get your messaging right, then that's pointless. So you've got to get your messaging right. That's the first thing. And if you're not clear on um, your messaging, then yeah, you're going to be falling short. Second thing is um, that I talk about sales being data driven. Any role in any business is data driven. Now, marketing is harder, a lot harder than sales. Um, but being clear on like your numbers and what you've got to achieve is so, so, so important. Like, uh, too many times I hear that marketing out there is based on, oh, it's hard, it's difficult, we're not sure. Uh, and that's all good and well. It depends how much you want to grow the business. I, I see people when they have more data-driven marketers, when they are attached to the numbers and they do have a breakdown uh, of how they're going to get to a certain place, I see them succeed. I see them doing a lot better than where they were doing when they go, oh, I just don't know how we're going to get there. So marketing usually, and I'm generalizing here, is a creative place. It's a place where people can think of great ideas, uh, where how do we attract these people, making pages look absolutely amazing. Uh, but not enough of us seen it on a, on a data perspective. Well, well, that's all good and well, but what's the target? How are we going to get there? Like, what do we need to do to get there? So this is why sales and marketing go really hand in hand and work well together because sales, you've got like a lot of data. Marketing, you've probably got a lot of creativity and you put the two together and you should have heaven. Now, should have heaven. I'm um, not saying there's any roadblocks, but um, two things specifically, messaging and also um, being attached to more data-driven numbers as well rather than just going, hey, we're going to create this and see how we get on because that won't go anywhere. It won't, it won't work as best as you should, okay? So they're the two key areas I'll say, messaging and uh, getting clear on the numbers as a marketing department. The last one, possibility thinking, love this, love this, love this. So I had no idea what possibility thinking was until I've mentioned him a couple of times, Matt Elwell, uh, the co-owner of the Elite Closing Academy. Um, he introduced this to me and what possibility thinking is, is breaking down beliefs, it's breaking down beliefs. Now, um, it's it, it can be in any part of life. It doesn't just have to be business. Now, um, I'll give an example. I'm a football fan. I love football. I support Birmingham City. Um, and I would love to say we're going to win the Champions League in like the next six, seven years. And Jake is smiling as, we, as I say that because he's a Villa fan. And he's probably right, actually. Um, but the possibility of them doing it, we don't know. There's been many teams before that have gone from absolutely nothing to big things. I'll give an example recently, actually, Luton, Luton Town. Um, they were in like the, the conference prem, non-league football about eight, nine years ago. Like that's where they were. And they had a purpose, they had a dream um, of how they're going to get to back to the first division of football where they was. Um, now, I don't know the ins and outs of it, um, 
but the possibilities are endless. I know a few people that actually used to play there. I used to play with them and when they were back in the conference prem, um, because it's a similar standard I used to play football at. And they they were telling me about like the kind of drive and the ambition and what they need to do to get there. They're the growing the stadium, uh, improving the training facilities, investing in more players, taking a few risks in order to get there. Like, you know, that's that's what they have to do in order to be uh to get where you want to get to and what it does it just instead of the brain being so focused on what they can't do and things that haven't gone well before and we've tried this and it's not working it opens up the brain to go okay well what is possible there's no right or wrong with possibility thinking the best way to do it is have a blank whiteboard and set your intention for Luton Town for example get into the Premier League so they would have Premier League at the top and they come up with all the possibilities and things they might need to do in order to get to it. And they pick a few. They pick like three or four or five things in particular uh, with all the staff, with all the people in the football club and go, this is what we need to do. We're going all in on these three, five points um, to get us to that next step. And then guess what? They have a ne- another possibility thing when they get to that next step of what they need to do. And if they fall short, they go, no problem at all, but we've improved. We've got a gain in the business. So what do we need to do now to get to that next step? Okay. And, and sales and business is exactly the same. When it comes to sales and marketing, I hear too many times that they go, I, I can't do it. I won't do it. Um, it hasn't worked before. Um, we've tried this, but it doesn't work. This doesn't work. Like I hear it so many times. And if we have that attitude to... Um, to get into the next place, you're not going to get there. You're going to be in the same spot time and time and time again. And you're just going to keep going around like you're on a, on a, on a, like a massive bloody, what they call them wheels in Ferris wheel. There you go. Thanks, Jake. The Ferris wheel, you keep going round and round and round and round and round and round and round with nothing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it feels that when so many, so many times market and sales are just like stuck in a rut. And they can't do it, and they've got that attitude of can't do. What possibility does thinking does, whether you're in sales, in business, or out of it, as I give the example with football, um, within business, it just opens up ideas, it opens up possibilities of what you can do. And the amount of times that we have come up with a thing where we're stuck, like a number or how we fill the events up in our case, uh, how do we fill these numbers up? The amount of times we've had a possibility think and we've actually filled up the numbers, thinking outside the box and doing things differently just from our belief uh, and also a, a different like angle to go and talk to people. I can't tell you how many times. I, could, I, need, like, I need a list of times over the last four and a half years I've been here and what we've actually done and achieved. So the art, the art of possibility thinking is opening up the brain coming up with ideas, things that you haven't done before, things you have done before that you've forgotten about, um, and going all in on them and eking out opportunities, numbers, data uh, that you haven't done before. Um, so that's where I am with possibility thinking. It's a great tool and every business should use it regardless of what business you're in. Every business should do it. Um, so firstly, thank you so much. That is it from today. Um, thank you, Jake. Appreciate it. So this is the Empire Builders podcast. Um, Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, any questions, any comments, please reach out to us uh, and make sure you uh, there. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Me and Jake are out.
Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.